You're listening to the She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine, and I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, a leadership facilitator, and I work with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. So today, Lorraine Martin's MBE, which we'll talk about um, later, um, has been so inspirational, has worked tirelessly around social justice in, in the UK. And let me just tell you a little bit more about her before we go into the interview. Lorraine Martin's MBE joined Network Rail in 2012 as the first director of diversity and inclusion and in her role leads on making the rail industry a more open, diverse and inclusive business. Network Rail, for those of you who may not know, is responsible for the rail infrastructure in the UK, which includes engineering, the maintenance of tracks and flagship stations like King's Cross. It has 34,000 staff throughout the UK. Before setting up her own business, Lorraine led two priority areas, equality and inclusion and employment skills in the construction of the Olympic Park infrastructure, venues and facilities for London 2012 Olympics, for which she's been awarded her MBE. She joined Trust for London in February 2008 and is their vice chair of trustees, the chair of Fleet Grants Committee and vice chair of nominations committee. And prior to that, she had her own business she called Meritworks, which was a management consultancy that offers expertise in strategic leadership, diversity and inclusion, and organizational change. And her work took her across the globe, including working a lot in South Africa. Lorraine, thank you so much for being willing to do this interview. I'm really excited. It's been a while since we've seen each other and you've done amazing things since we since I last saw you you were doing amazing things when I met you and um, so I'm really excited to be able to kind of explore this whole conversation around success and your journey and to where you are today so deep appreciation so I'm really exploring success um, and versus what we're doing wrong right and and so I'm going to start with obvious question when I say success what does it mean to you what does success mean to you it's a really interesting question because I think success is in the eye of the beholder Um, so I don't walk around uh, thinking that I'm a success but I guess that people see you and they uh, have a perception of you and the things that you achieve and do and 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 place a value on that and that's um, that's quite a humbling um, feature. Mm. Um, So for me, as I think of myself and my working class roots, uh, I think I am successful Mm. in that I'm, you know, in a well-paid job, I uh, am valued um, and I'm able to do what I would like to do and I'm able to make choices about what I want to do. So that's that's a great success. Um, And coming from where I've come from, that's quite a route. So I grew up in um, northwest London. Mm Um, first person in my family to go to university and at that time there weren't many black kids going to university so I was unique um, and I wasn't particularly looking forward to going to university because I anticipated that I was going to meet a lot of posh children who would ostensibly be white Mm. and wouldn't have a shared experience with me Mm. but um, 
actually I found the complete opposite. There was a real range of, of, of people and a number of young black kids who'd grown up in, in working class London that um, was, was, was great. And I think people that I left, in a sense, in my community in, 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 in London, were really pleased that I went to university. So that's a kind of element of success. So, you know, oh gosh, she's gone and gone off. And then I came back, which was, I think, an important part for me in terms of how I've been raised. Um, I came back to London. I uh, went to Warwick University, mm -hmm. which is in Coventry in the Midlands. Um, pretty good university. It's got a, well, a world-renowned reputation now. Um, then it was quite renowned for political activism yes. and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, and I did comparative American studies there. So I did that because um, I wanted to do black history. And when I was growing up, there wasn't such a thing as black history. So I was always interested in um, why black people have been displaced and dispersed um, because of my you know, background. So I suppose success going, making academic achievements, that was good. Uh, came back, did some work around adult literacy, um, worked in uh, the health service for a little while because I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I didn't really have a plan of, of a career. I think I had fantasies of being a journalist or being a filmmaker or being a musician, I call jack of all trades, but not really mastering any of them, but also quite interested in a lot of things. I think the core of the things that have driven me have been around um, justice and fairness and mm. people being able to get their just desserts and being able to fulfill their potential. Mm. Um, so I think those things have kind of driven what I want to do and I guess in all of the things I've turned my hand to I've been okay and people seem to think that I've done an alright job um, and so that's deemed successful does, right. does does that make sense it does it's so interesting because um as you speak about it i mean you when you talk about being at university it does remind me that in, at that stage i think only the 10 percent of people in the country were went to university I and mean, yeah. the statistics were really that's right quite small and, right. and we're showing our age yeah i've got no problem i've got no problem with that <laughs> Am yeah, I that's, right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That go to university. It's been a big so drive. It really was a, a much smaller percentage of the population. Um, so it is, it, that was a mark of success, particularly from, from the background that you had. And then um, I'm going to go to this earlier than I intended. Okay. Because when you say success and like, you kind of, you are very humble about it, but you do have an MBE and that's another, I mean, what proportion of the population have? Oh, so I don't know. Uh, which is member of the British <laughs> Empire. Yes. So this is an accolade that um, people get for making uh, good contributions to their country. Yeah. So my good contribution was working on the London 2012 Games, where I was responsible for equality and inclusion and employment and skills, which was about getting local people into work right. um, as we were constructing the Olympic Park and its infrastructure. Um, the Olympic Park was built in an area of London that was um, not That's very well, yeah, Stratford, yes. 
it was really rough. Um, it wasn't that rough. It was rough. <laughs> um, and you couldn't get from south to north, so Hackney, yeah. which was rougher. You couldn't get across because it was derelict land and um, all of the indices of where people were in you know, poorly educated, poor incomes, poor health indicators, all of the right. wrong indicators and a really sizable black and ethnic minority community is in that area. So my role really was to make sure that local people were represented in the workforce and that for the biggest regeneration project in Europe was managed better than others and, and, and I suppose a comparison would be Canary Wharf which yeah. was a, a major regeneration project um, but almost feels like a gated community and is, is now the financial district right. of, of, of London. Right. We were really keen that in regenerating um, Stratford um, and the political drivers behind that that we would have a, a legacy of a, a space that people, local people as well as tourists would, would want to use. And when we look now, four years later, we have precisely that. We've got you the Queen really, Elizabeth Park. Yeah, really got accomplished. Yeah, yes. we've, got, we've got housing, we've got people who've got jobs and all of that. So my contribution to that was acknowledged by being awarded a member, a member of the British... And for those who don't know, who awards, who gives you that? So it's the Queen, uh, and in my case, it was uh, Princess Anne, which was really fitting because she was part of the British Olympic Committee. Yes. So she kind of really understood what we had achieved as a as a nation so and i suppose that success is is it's it's um it's it's humbling because it was a fantastic project to be a part of and the legacy stands so you know you you can walk and see it and it's very very tangible yeah. so so it's nice to be awarded um but it as uh, it's not it doesn't define me so you know it's it's success of its time and you know one of the things about this um my intention around this blog is also how women like yourselves who are um, in unique spaces and making achievements in a way that lots of others haven't, that it gives us permission to step up and follow, right? So there is something, it, it's humbling for you, but it's really great. I mean, it's inspiring for me that you, that you have that, you know, that you've did that. And the other thing that it makes me think about is that when you talk about inclusion and what the intention was, I mean, that was the essence of the London Olympics, wasn't it? When you were in London, it yeah. was just like yeah. so amazing, yeah. the, the energy of it and the space of it. So I think there was something about the work and the intention. I think so. Uh, and I think, you know, we captured the, the, the time and we were working in a goldfish bowl. So everybody was watching what we were doing. Mm, um, and... Um, there was a fair bit of cynicism prior to starting, so people didn't think we would necessarily finish it on time. And, you know, as a, as a nation, we didn't really have a great history. We had the, the O2 Centre, we had uh, the, 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 the Dome, the Dome, and then we had uh, Wembley, which was extended in terms of its build. So there was a, a fair deal of pressure on us to deliver on time and to budget and for the nation. And, and I think that it attracted a real high calibre of people mm. um, and that doesn't happen very often you get all of those people together and right. all of the things fitted well and we were really clear about what our purpose was um, and so I think in that environment with that drive and you get a, you know a cluster of people that want to do the same thing mm -hmm. then that augurs really well. One of the things I wanted to explore 
is what would you say is your biggest accomplishment to date? I, I, I really struggle with that. Um, and I struggle with it because I think that you're as good as the, the last thing that you did. Okay. So um, when I was working at, I worked for an organisation called the Audit Commission, which inspected the use yeah. of, of public funds. Again, first director of diversity there, head of diversity there. Um, to get that organisation to start to ask public authorities what they were doing around equality, big achievement. To get inspectors to go out and say, right, in my key lines of inquiry, I'm going to ask you right. these questions. For then the public authority to go, oh, right, so you're quite serious and you're going to judge us and you're going to mark us. Right. Um, for me, that is a, a bit, it's, it's enabling a shift in public services to think about who they're providing services to and how they use their resources. So that's, you know, a success. Um, I then go to work on the Olympics. That has to be a standout, once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah. Um, in my hometown where I'm born, 15 minutes away from my, where I live, in an area that was decimated historically, underdeveloped, um, that without that investment would still be a, a derelict site now. Um, and to see that transformation is a, an enormous pleasure and a, and a great success to have been part of, uh, of, uh, part of that change and part of that legacy. So that when I go there and you, know, you said it and people go there and they know that I was involved the park, they, yeah, in the park, you go, oh, Lorraine had a bit to do with this. Then that's, that's a tremendous success that cannot be played out anywhere. And it, and it can never be replicated. Yeah. So there will never be a London 2012 again ever um, with all of the nation looking at the facilities, um, looking at the park, enjoying the space and all of that. Um, aside from West Ham going to take on the stadium, it's a football reference, not a good thing. Um, <laughs> aside from that, I mean, so that's a success. There you go. <laughs> and then um, I suppose working uh, here in, in, in Network Rail and seeing a change, it's a big, it's a big old organisation, a big institution that that has not historically tried to address diversity and inclusion. Right. You're the uh, first. Yeah. So I'm the first diversity. director. They had somebody previously, but mm -hmm. um, um, that was a, almost a lone ranger. So I've come in on the back of a review and helped to shape uh, a strategic approach um, across a business of 34,000 people right. up and down the country, trying to shift how we treat each other, how we deploy each other, how we appoint people, what our physical environment looks like. Um, so th that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. It's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Um, and then my, you know, my work with the Trust for London. So Trust for London is a, again, an old institution. It's about 120 odd years. Yeah, we're about to celebrate 125th anniversary, right. I think, next year. Um, that is established for the church um, and has um, been renowned for funding um, really what we call unpopular issues. So supporting work around female genital mutination, um, young migrants uh, who are un uh, un unaccompanied, mm -hmm. um, working with refugee communities. So anything that helps to alleviate poverty and inequality in London, we want to support. 
and a campaign that we've supported is is called the uh, London Living Wage, which was really okay. to try and uh, alleviate people in work poverty, which is a, a major thing uh, in, in, in London as a, one of the most expensive cities in the world. So that we have been able to do that and that I chair the, you know, the, the, the advisory group that looks after that and then we got, you know, Charity of the Year for, for supporting that campaign and enabling that campaign, you know, that's, that's success. So there are, you know, there are little markers, I think, that as I've gone on my brief journey on this, yes. on this planet that have given me a moment of, oh, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. You say it's so funny because for me, when I listen to you say little markers, <laughs> because what, one of the themes that I can see is that they're all about systemic change. You're taking on large systems and saying, how do we do this better? How do we be better? I mean, you're taking on living like poverty in London, you know, so you know, your campaign, your work to ensure that people have a living wage is transforms lives. So I really sort of go, <laughs> these little markers and your vice chair of that charity and you, and you chair the committee that's accountable for that yeah. piece of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious about then, you know, the dichotomy of being successful and owning our success. Okay. Which is different. Okay. Because okay. it, I mean, I'm, and I'm sitting here, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm predominantly a coach, not yeah. a yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so it's from the coach's space, you know, we were listening to a client and I say, oh, that's really interesting. Like, how big does the accomplishment need to be before you can say, yeah, man, I rock. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, I okay. Mean, I hear that. Like, I hear to that. Be arrogant, but to I hear really that. I hear that. that. I'm committed to fairness. I'm committed to, and, and I am doing a really great job. Okay. And here are the markers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a way of speaking. So yeah, 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 about yeah. that. What's that yeah, yeah. that says, right, really gra versus grabbing the success and saying, yes, I am successful. I am doing it. That's a, that's a really interesting, interesting uh, challenge. I suppose. I think I rock. I just don't think I don't think that I have to tell everybody I rock. So right. it, it's it's, okay. it's 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 the balance. Yeah. So I I I think I have a propensity to be arrogant as a younger kid. Okay. So I think I kind of manage my vanity um, well. Mm. So that that might be. The, so it's not that I'm I'm not shying away from success and the achievements and the feats or the hard work that's gone into getting to, to where I've got. I'm not shying away from that because I've, I've put in some effort. It hasn't come to me on a plate, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have done things that I want to do and, and like mm. doing. So, so I, I kind of get that and then, you know, crack on with the stuff that, that I want to do. So I suppose I'm more interested in, in getting the in getting to the achievement than the achievements of the set. And as I said, they are markers. You, yeah. You've done that. That's that's great. And you know, yeah, I, I think I'm all right. I'm all right. But I don't feel that I need to kind of wave a flag or say that I rock in, in right. a particular way. But right. I think I'm pretty confident. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't oh, be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that. you know, I wonder whether. Um, how, you know, like, because in the work that you're doing, how role modelling is so important yeah. and people being in those positions is so important, hence, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering whether, 
if we're not fully owning it externally, yeah. if we're not speaking it, yeah. what impact that has okay. as well. Okay. I don't know. Is okay. it enough to for me to just see you in that role? Yeah. Or is it do I also want you to say, Yeah, I've worked hard and this is what success can look like? Yeah. And and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's something like if I if I look at other people who are holding similar roles, they have no problem saying that. And there is something that that that, can, that brings. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm curious. I'm just. Yeah. I, I mean. That. I'm, I'm wondering. I mean. I think. I think actions speak louder than words, and that mm. that you know is 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 quite deep for me. So, therefore, you know, other people can can do the talking. I'm happy to talk. If you want to ask me, right. you know, how I've done it. Um, I mentor a number of people. You know, and and I get the role modelling thing. And it's particularly heightened as being, a, you know, the most senior black woman in the organisation that I'm in. So I, yeah. I get all of that. Um, and the core of me, I'm, a, I'm an ordinary person. What would you say um, in your whole like experience has been the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself? Um, that I can't do everything. That mm. I'm not superwoman. Um, and, and that was a salutary lesson that I learned. Um, I used to work in, I used to manage a mental health organisation. Right. Um, and it was an interim leadership um, position because it was a failing organisation. And my, I thought that my commitment to the issue of black right. people and mental health right. and my skills as a, an effective leader would be sufficient to save this um, institution. And it wasn't. Um, so that was a, a really, it was an important lesson for me because I then had to make a decision about what I would do with this um, organisation and the welfare of, 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 of the people that were using it. And given that I have quite a commitment to self-help and to uh, people doing for, for themselves, mm -hmm. uh, it was a struggle to kind of reinstitutionalize people who were highly vulnerable, but that was the best decision. To right. Make. And it was because I couldn't, I couldn't do everything. I couldn't be the nurse. I couldn't be the psychiatrist. <laughs> I couldn't be the finance officer. I couldn't be the caseworkers for, right. for the client. I could not do it all. Um, and it wasn't only my responsibility either. So those two things were really salutary lessons and it came out of it not working so you know my plan because everything up until then i touched the turn to gold my plan was that i would save this organization and, and then leave it and hand it over to the next the next generation and that didn't happen Aww. so i remember that mm. um, that one you know i cannot do everything which is uh, good and that uh, not everything is always my responsibility and what impact did that experience then have on what where you went next and what you did next? Oh, after that um, interim, I uh, was so I was the uh, interim chief exec, managing the mental health facility. Then I went on and joined um, a consultancy called the Office for Public Management, which is oh, itself I know, I remember that. The John is Lewis. it still going? It's still going. Okay, um, I know some people who. So that, that was yeah, that was a nice funky little outfit mm. um, that did some really great work. So I was yeah. a, so I went and, and and joined them, which was fine. So. Um, it wasn't that I was um, mortally wounded. No. It was that it was a it was a stand up moment and say, "Wow, Lorraine, this is this is big." 
this is big and actually the right decision isn't about you Lorraine it's not about your mm. skills and capacity it's about what's right for the user group what's right for the people what's right for the future of, of any kind of provision for people with right. mental health right. so you know Lorraine your your ego is is not in play here this is what's the right thing and, and as much as you recognize that you didn't do what you had set out to do actually that's not the issue yes that, yeah, yes that's not, I the get that's not the prize the yeah. prize isn't about me yeah you know and my skills and capacity yeah it's you know those th and i learned from that but it's actually about what are you there to do and achieve and actually i was there to try and s support people who were chronically ill and really vulnerable and the provision we had wasn't meeting those needs. Right. That's really, really critical, isn't it? Because when we're in our roles, we can, and we have our own commitment to whatever that is, and it's for the, with the best intention and the best, like, but our ego can completely take over, you know, so we lose sight of what's the purpose yeah. of our role and that we're only representing that role. I mean, that's the truth about yeah, yeah. roles. I mean, but we we yeah. so connect to our role yeah. as if it becomes our identity yeah. right in the moment, Absolutely. and it all become it can quite easily become about yeah. us. Absolutely. So getting your head up and looking Absolutely. up and saying, "What's it really about?" Absolutely. Yeah. So that was that was a, a great lesson for me, and yes. I think that has equipped me to work in in bigger organisations. Yeah, and then and then when you're taking on bigger challenges, like when you've got um, engineering, construction, and doing DNI work in that space with some of the issues that that can bring when you know it's not about you when you know it's not about your ego when you know then it it, it, it must equip you yes to deal with what comes your I way i think essentially i'm at peace so i uh, you know if you know i've got a team i've got a team of people a small team we call this a center of expertise mm -hmm. um if the business that i'm involved in does not want to do what we want to do then that is the business decision right that's got nothing to that's not about you that's about yeah that's yeah about the environment saying you know what we don't want to do that anymore. you don't want to do that that's fine i'm sufficiently robust to be able to accept that decision um and it's not it's not going to you know it's not necessarily a decision i want them to make so make a decision, yeah of course but it's not a, it's it's a business decision right and um that would be absolutely as I would, as I would experience it. So again, that you know, I'm, I'm not a, a used car salesperson. That's not what I'm. I'm doing. <laughs> and sometimes we can, you know, you can treat diversity yeah. inclusion as a thing. You know, I'm selling like promotion, it to you. promoting it's gonna it. Fix you. Um, it's going to fix um, only if we want it. Yeah, only if you're committed to it. If we don't, then that that's that's absolutely fine. But if people along the way get it and start exhibiting the behaviours and see the benefits from you, right. then, then that's, that's absolutely what we want. And it shifts, you know, our performance in the right direction, then that's absolutely what we want. I think, you know, it's such a great lesson for um, pe people who are, or black women, who they're on their own, in, and particularly in organisations, who it starts to get really personal. You know, like, I'm on this, we can get on a mission. I've been... I've had my missions. <laughs> we get on a mission and it is like and trying to prove it not just for myself, but for every other black woman that's ever going to walk the earth and possibly come into contact with this organization and may have this position later. Do you know what I mean? And then it then it's no longer 
you're no longer in the role. You know, you're no longer just mm. kind of just doing your yeah. role. You're just yeah. carrying this whole yeah. thing, yeah. Um, and I think too, that's a lot. which is ego as well as yeah. you know the balance yeah. of ego and yeah. passion and yeah. intention. I think that um, can be quite damaging at sometimes mm. for, for us as as individuals, and I don't know that. And I don't know, and it'd be interesting actually, was a thing to do for me when I finished it, is to ask others whether they do that. You know, do mm. white do white women do that? I don't know if they're in an mm. organisation and feel they have to bear the brunt and the, the, the conscience and then the baggage of, of an institution. Why? Yeah. I don't see why why we should we should take that responsibility. Right. I think that that's an organisational institute of which I am part. Yes. So I contribute and I can help. Um, and you bring your skill and, and your expertise to that conversation, absolutely. but you don't have to carry the burden not, of that. It's not my one burden to bear. Yeah. And so I think as a self-preservation mechanism, that works. You know, yeah. And maybe that's why I'm struggling, you know, like maybe yeah, that's why I'm yeah. carrying the burden that's not my burden to carry. It's, it, it, we do that. And also sometimes I, I think we spend so much time at work that why would you want to fight that environment? Why not enjoy it? Yeah. Um, so enjoy it for, for what it is rather than for what you think it could be in, an, in another time. Yeah. Um, a small anecdote, but, you know, we're working in network role. We've got 85% men, mm-hmm. 50% women. Six percent black, Asian, and minority ethnic people. So, if I were to only focus on the numbers, it would take me three lifetimes to get to anywhere in terms of right. It's getting some parity. So, you know, I've got to be pragmatic. That's got that can't be the prize. The prize has to be around for me the culture shifting that culture, so that others are coming in mm. and love it in the way that you know current people love it, but love it better. Yeah, and look after it better. And treat each other better and attract you know broader talent so if we build it they will come yeah so, and for me that's quite that's quite important otherwise i'm going to perpetuate things that i think have not really been helpful been helpful, <laughs> been helpful. yeah and i'm just i'm just kind of um thinking about well, I've got. I'm curious about what's next, and it's not to say you know you're leaving. You, you may not want to answer that question because you're not going anywhere. But what is it in it, in terms of it, your it, the what you want to accomplish, yeah, and yeah. what's your do you ever have a thought about what's next for me? And I don't mean like necessarily in your role. It could be wider than that. Yeah, what is yeah. it? What what's your next? What's the game that you're playing now with your with um, yourself? So I'm thinking about that now. Um, what's next? I I have a. In career terms, I have a short time span, as, as in focus. Mm. So I do three years, four years, and then I I move on. And in fact, the longest I've spent anywhere has been six years in any organisation. So um, I haven't got itchy feet at the moment, but yeah. I do periodically think, so what would I like to do? Mm. Um, and I haven't got an answer to that yet. Um, for the moment, my hands are full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're full, and, and I am being exercised. So my brain is 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 being um, challenged, and um, I like that. I don't like to be too comfortable, so I don't want to become institutionalised and not right. be able then to to kind of face up to some of the challenges that I would need to kind of identify for us to 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 improve. 
Um, so I'm always mindful of that. So at that point, if I become com comfortable stroke complacent, I think, then I think it's time to go. I think the thing about your role and the roles that you the roles that you've held requires fresh eyes, doesn't it? Because you are challenging. You you you're wanting to shift the status quo in your work. So if you become it, yeah, you, you need you need yeah. to still be able to see yeah. what uh, another thing that's what's yeah, possible. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And my last um, questions are. Um, if you had to look back and speak to Lorraine, who's came out of university, what's the three pieces of advice you'd give her? Oh, um, I would say to Lorraine who came out of university, um, focus. And uh, it will be all right. And enjoy it. So those are things that I wouldn't have anticipated. Leaving university, I had no focus, really. I was just, you know, I need a job is where right. I started, you know, graduate I, and what. Yeah. Um, I need a job. Um, I was a little bit anxious about what I could do. Cause you, you, again, in university in those days, they didn't equip you with skills to, to work in, in the world. So I couldn't see, they didn't have graduate programs and things right. like that. And I couldn't see what I would do. But I was fortunate and it was, has been all right. You know, I've been a paid activist. I've done stuff. Um, I've worked around the world. It's, it's been great. fine. And um, I've enjoyed it and am enjoying it. Mm. So, yeah, I think those are the things that have kind of, I would say to that Lorraine coming out of fresh-faced and bog-eyed and looking at the world and thinking, wow, what am I going to do? Yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's great. I love that because I'm looking back at what I, you know, what would I, I mean, I asked the question. I don't think I've asked that question of myself, but that is the anxiety that we sometimes hold, but we can have that now. I mean, I think one of the things for success for me is not everyone comes to this place, even many years later in their mm. career where they can say those things that okay. you said, like where I can make choices about yeah. where I go next, where I can have fun where I feel like I'm clear about mm. it's not about me mm. in my role and so you know if anyone's in those places there's some things that they could do which they do just like oh even if I just say this isn't about me what am I here for yeah. I'm just going to focus and not have this yeah. be a personal like personal yeah. yeah then what maybe I'd make I'd be can be more successful yeah you know for yeah. example yeah yeah yeah. yeah I yeah. think so I think I think those are the things that have have, st have enabled me to stay the course. Yeah. And to, yeah, to do what I need to do. Yeah, because social justice is not an easy game to, to play in. It's right? a long haul. It's a long haul and it's everywhere. <laughs> and it's everywhere. No shortage of opportunities. No shortage. That's right. No shortage. That's right. That's right. right. So picking my battles yeah, and, and, and saying that's, that's the thing that I can focus on and then, yeah, move on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shirley. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. I hope you've been really inspired to shift gears in your own life out of today's episode. I always love to hear from you. So if you go over to my page at ShirleyMcAlpine.com, leave me a comment about what you're getting, what insights you're seeing, how you're making changes in your own life as a result of the episode and the wonderful people that you're hearing from. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Fortalina, music by the awesome female band Blonde, 
if you want to connect with me go online follow me on instagram at shirley mcalpine consulting or i'm on twitter at shirley mcalpine you can always head over to our facebook page she's got drive i'd love to hear from you there if you're loving the show why don't you subscribe on itunes so you can get automatic downloads each week when a new episode is published i'd love to you to give a review if you're feeling it too and head over to my page on shirleymcalpine.com if you head over to the website then you can get a download of how to be a woman with drive these are my top tips having spent years coaching women on how to up their game how to be more impactful increase their presence and so i've just put together some tips for you to take on your life so head over to shirleymcalpine.com and you can get a free download when you sign up Thank you again for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well.